sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to our number two, a football Friday live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. It's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM all across the Spiz Grizz network. You know we love saying Spiz Grizz entering the weekend. That is Sports Grid and I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this football Friday into our second hour. But we start our number two stepping away from football for a brief moment and focusing on the NBA, getting you association ready for the weekend to come in this league. So as it stands right now, last year's NBA champs, the Golden State Warriors, it's been a struggle for the Dubs when they've been on the road and we can add on another bit of bad news for Golden State. In their recent loss just two nights ago in Indianapolis against the Pacers, Steph Curry left that game early, or late, excuse me, in the third quarter after already compiling 38 points with a left shoulder injury. An MRI was done yesterday on Thursday. Steph Curry now been ruled out for the next couple of weeks. Few weeks, he will be sidelined now for Golden State. He's averaging 30 points, seven dimes, seven boards this year. He has been Golden State's best player far and away, shooting 50% from the floor, 43% from deep, 92% from the charity stripe as well. He had the fifth shortest price to win the NBA MVP at 15 to one entering today as well. Now he will be sidelined for quite some time. And because the Warriors are two and 13 away from San Francisco, two and 13 on the road this year, including that loss to the Pacers on Wednesday evening, Golden State has dipped below 500 overall with a 14 and 15 record but here is the interesting thing from the odds perspective although we have seen some concerning play away from home for Golden State although the chef and Steph Curry is now sidelined for the next few weeks their odds didn't change to win the Western Conference till the second best price only 10 cents behind Phoenix at a plus 330 number nor did it move then in the NBA title market plus 750 50 cents behind Phoenix the fourth best overall the second best hailing from the Western Conference. And this is all made all that much more confounding because Golden State stays on the road. The Dubs don't return to San Francisco in the Chase Center until Christmas. They will take on the Philadelphia 76ers in Philly tonight. The Sixers booked as an eight and a half point favorite with the over-under at 222. Golden State now in the miss of a six-game, nine-day road trip. This will be their third game now on this road trip for the Warriors. It has been a struggle away from home. Now, they do not have Stephen Curry. He will be sidelined for the next few weeks. How is that going to add up for the overall record? And then what will it mean for Golden State moving forward? Those two numbers we showed you were postseason prices to win the Western Conference Finals. And of course, to make it to the NBA championship and hoist the Larry O'Brien trophy. But it's different then from their regular season numbers and their overall record at the moment, 14 and 15, a game below 500. Because in the Pacific Division, winning a divisional crown, of course, associated with your performance in the regular season, Golden State did move back here. Now a plus 650 price behind the Suns were the heavy odds on favorites 
and the Los Angeles Clippers, who have the second best price. Speaking of those Clippers and Suns, it was the Clips hosting Phoenix last night in Los Angeles, a 111-95 final in favor of Phoenix that we'll hit on in just a moment. First, we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here, the second hour of a football Friday, but now slightly away from football as we focus on the NBA right here on TMA, Sirius XM Channel 159, and all of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. So Golden State, a game below 500, 14 and 15, now without Steph Curry, they're going to have some ground to make up in their regular season record in any hope of winning the Pacific Division. Now, divisional titles aren't as important in the NBA as they might be in Major League Baseball or certainly the NFL, but still something to keep in mind. Two divisional foes facing off in L.A. last night, the Clippers and the Suns. Phoenix getting the better of Los Angeles, 115 or 111, excuse me, 95. The final, Mikhail Bridges, a team high 27 points for Phoenix, who played in a game against the Clippers where Paul George and Kawhi Leonard did not play the second leg of a back-to-back for the Clips, so they sat out. This is not overly concerning for LA because as we told you yesterday, they entered on a three-game win streak and are seven and two this year when both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are on the floor. They were not last night. So let's fast forward it to the Friday night slate in the NBA. A quirk we see throughout NBA scheduling at times is what we are going to see tonight and what we saw last night when you saw the Pelicans and the Jazz facing off for the second straight time in the same city. The Jazz getting the better of the Pels for the second straight game. This one in overtime, something to pay attention to there. The Grizzlies absolutely slamming the Milwaukee Bucks, by the way, 142-101. Memphis now the best record out west. As we go to the Eastern Conference, specifically Chicago, it's the Knicks and the Bulls in the United Center for a second straight night. They played on Wednesday, excuse me, so the second time in three days, and Jalen Brunson scored 30 points in an overtime victory for the Knicks over the Bulls. They have won five straight games, looking for six in a row tonight, and a slight underdog getting two and a half points. How about this one in L.A.? The Lakers and the Nuggets should be a really good game. Nikola Jokic and Anthony Davis battling down low. Currently, the Lakers a short home underdog but when you look at the points props tonight for Nikola Jokic and AD a lot is expected out of two of the best big men in the NBA next we hit the streets of New York for some help with ball picks sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Starting in just over an hour, in the Bahamas, college football bowl season kicks off. There are 41 college football bowl games in total, including the college football playoff semifinals that come on New Year's Eve. Two and a half weeks of football pretty much every single day. We are juiced up on this Football Friday, live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. And we tried to bring that excitement to the streets of Manhattan because with 41 bowl games, Alex Fasano, we needed some help in making those selections. So it's not just my bowl picks or Faz's bowl picks or anybody here on the grid's bowl picks. It's the people's bowl picks live right here on a football Friday. 
There you go, Ben. The people's bowl picks again on a football Friday. I know you're amped up. I'm amped up. The people of New York City are amped up. But Ben, how are how are you going to be spending this bowl season? Are you going to go bowling? Are you going to have bowls of cereal? What are we looking for on Ben Stevens' bowl slate? I will probably be eating bowls of some sort of food. Love me a chipotle bowl, chili. maybe a cava bowl, maybe a bowl of chili. Fantastic in this cold weather as I turn on my TV and it's bright and it's sunshine and it's palm trees and it's the Bahamas Bowl between UAB and Miami of Ohio in about an hour's time. That's how I'll be spending my bowl season. There you go, Ben. Uh, you, you mentioned a couple bowls there. I'm looking at this list here. We have the people's bracket, the people's bowl picks yeah. right in front of me. I'm still trying to figure out all the names of these bowls, Ben. I mean, some of these are pretty crazy. What would you say your favorite is? I know your favorite teams are involved in this one, the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. That might have to be mine, but what, what's your favorite bowl name on the slate this year? I'm looking for tickets, by the way, for that game between Syracuse and Minnesota, (laughs) my alma mater, and a representative of my favorite conference in New York City up in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium. I think my favorite bowl name is the Duke's Mayo Bowl, and I love all the festivities that come with it and the potential of a dumping of mayonnaise on the winning (laughs) head coach. But my favorite bowl of this year is the Music City Bowl between Kentucky and Iowa because the total is 31 and a half if it stays (laughs) there Alex Fasano it would match a record low total in the history of FBS football that Iowa already set back in the second to last week of this college football regular season and I think as we get closer to that bowl game on New Year's Eve it's going to to dip below 31 and a half might be record-breaking stuff Fasano from a total perspective you know I love my unders yeah, I was just going to say, Big Ten Ben loves his unders, and the people, the people of New York City love college football. So why don't we see what they had to say about this bowl season? Everybody take a nice deep breath, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of Benny and the Bets. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, not because it's the holiday season. It's college football bowl season including the college football playoff, there are 41 bowl games. So today, we hit the streets of New York City for the People's Bowl Picks. First bowl game up, the Bahamas Bowl, UAB or Miami of Ohio? UAB. The Cure Bowl, UTSA versus Troy, who wins? Troy. Cincinnati versus Louisville, who wins? Cincinnati. Florida versus Oregon State? Florida. Washington State versus Fresno State? Fresno. Rice versus Southern Miss in the Lending Tree Bowl, who wins? Rice. Marshall versus UConn, who wins? Marshall. Three letters, SMU versus BYU, who wins? BYU. North Texas versus Boise State, who gets the victory? North Texas. Liberty versus Toledo. Toledo. Toledo it is. Western Kentucky versus South Alabama. I like Kentucky fried chicken, so yeah, Kentucky. Louisiana versus Houston, who wins? I hate football. What? New Mexico State versus Bowling Green. Bowling Green. Louisiana versus Houston. Houston. Okay, Wake Forest versus Missouri. Missouri? You gonna watch the Gasparilla Bowl? What? Baylor versus Air Force, last one, bring it home. I like Air Force. You know, they did defend us, we need them. Georgia Southern versus Buffalo. Buffalo. In Hawaii, San Diego State takes on Middle Tennessee State. Who wins? Uh, Tennessee. Coastal Carolina versus Eastern Carolina. Oh, so don't care. East Carolina versus Coastal Carolina. Go Pirates, ECU. All the way, UCF versus Duke. 
Dukies. Memphis versus Utah State. Utah. Utah? The Jayhawks taking on Arkansas. Who wins? Razorbacks. Oh my god, you're not going with KU? Razorbacks. Wisconsin versus Oklahoma State. Wisconsin. Go Badgers. You know what they do for their games? They do the jump around? Yeah. You want to do that with me or no? Oklahoma versus Florida State. Oklahoma. Notre Dame versus South Carolina. Who wins? Notre Dame. Pittsburgh versus UCLA. Who wins? Pittsburgh. Ohio versus Wyoming. Who wins? Wyoming. Texas versus Washington. Texas. La that dancer. All right, last one. Maryland versus North Carolina State. North Carolina State. Iowa versus Kentucky. Who wins? Uh, Iowa. Texas Tech versus Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Hottie toddy, baby. Let's go. I love a hottie toddy right now. It's cold outside. Hell yeah, why not? We have Mississippi State versus Illinois. Uh, Mississippi State. Tennessee versus Clemson. I'll go with Clemson. Clemson it is. Alabama versus Kansas State. K-State. For this next one, I'll give the pick. The Bad Boy Moors, Pinstripe Bowl, My Syracuse Orange over Minnesota. Tulane versus USC. USC. LSU versus Purdue. Boo, LSU, Roll Tide. I'm a, I'm a Bama grad. You're a Bama so. grad. Yes, I am. Oh, the Rose Bowl, last one. Penn State versus Utah. Who wins? The Utes all the way. The granddaddy of them all. All right, you got it. For the college football playoffs. Here we go. Ohio State versus Georgia. Who wins? Georgia. Georgia. Michigan versus TCU. Michigan. So it would be Michigan, Georgia in the national championship. Who wins the title? Michigan. Michigan it is. Oh, amazing blue. <laughs> what a great day. You want to let's send Michigan a celebratory note to say great college football season. Great college football season to Michigan and Harbaugh and hope you win. Hail to the victors indeed. There you go, Ben. Hail to the victors indeed. Okay, no, I'm not going to pick <laughs> Michigan to win it, but that's fine. I don't mind her pick, and of course, her conviction in giving it out. I think Georgia would hammer Michigan in a rematch of last year's college football playoff semifinal at the Orange Bowl, where the Dogs won 34-11, to booked as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. The early look-ahead line for that potential national title game, UGA laying eight-and-a-half against the Maize and Blue. But again, her conviction, I appreciate, and she helped us Round out the people's bowl picks fast. You have the official sheet right there. Again, it starts in just over an hour's time in the Bahamas. We will keep track of how the people do for this college football bowl season. There we go. Let's see if UAB can pull out this victory. But, hey, we got some other picks for you guys on this segment. That's the producer picks, and I'm going to get it started here. No, it's not any bowl games, no college football, not even football. Sorry, World Cup viewers. We got NFL Saturday games the first week of the season with Saturday games. Give me an anytime touchdown score in Josh Allen. Guys, we're getting lake effect snow, predicting one to two foot of snow up in Buffalo. Tell me that's not a playground for Josh Allen to run all over the field and into the end zone. Plus 155, Ben. That's a tough environment for Tua Tungabailoa and the rest of the Dolphins to play. And you also saw right there our sharpest handicapper, our graphics producer, Jesse Metzger, taking the under of a total at 44.5 between the Finns and the Bills. So not necessarily in correlation, but Faz, they can score at least one touchdown. Just has to be Josh Allen finding Pater. There you go. I think it's a, a, a pretty good setup there for a goal line, rush it in, quarterback sneak right in the snow. We won't even see the football. We'll just know. He gets in the end zone. And, of course, let's give our props to our guy, Bocce Andrew Bocce Galupo. He's going 
with his his guy, Joe Harris. He's a Nets fan. Not I don't see his number yet. posted yet, but he, last Not time he gave yet. Joe Harris his number, I think it was 10 and a half. He hit it in the first quarter. So let's ride Joe Harris over. Go Nets on the road against the Raptors. Bosh, man. I mean, it's good stuff. Hey, if it's not broke, don't fix it, I guess. Number's not even posted hey, yet, Bocci. And we're still going with it, I guess. Nobody wanted to give a bowl pick. Nobody wanted to say UAB laying 10 and a half. Nobody wanted to highlight Dwayne McBride if he plays for the Blazers. All right, that's fine. Fast thank you, as always, to college basketball. A huge Saturday slate up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yes, it is a football Friday. Yes, there is a ton of football to hit on here. Live on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM, Channel one 59. Of course, we have the NFL weekend slate, a triple header on our Saturday, the World Cup final on Sunday, the third place match Saturday morning as well. College football bowl season starts in just about an hour. But as we get to bowl season, this college football season is coming down to an end, which means college basketball continues to pick up. And I'm not sure if you have seen the Saturday slate for tomorrow, but it is is going to be incredible. Ranked matchups all day long, starting at noon Eastern time, carrying us through the late evening hours here on the East Coast. A showdown in Tucson, a top 10 tilt between number nine, Arizona, and number six, Tennessee. That game, 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. John Rothstein, who will join the show here hopefully in just a couple of moments, his neighbor, not going to be all too happy on Saturday night as John's going to be up for that late night tilt in Tucson for sure. It is a huge Saturday in college basketball. And although it is only December, a huge time to welcome John Rothstein back on to the show. Live right here on this Friday on the morning after. John Rothstein on behalf of FanDuel and of course CBS Sports as well. Rothstein, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on this Friday previewing a big Friday night slate, Big East beginnings in that conference as conference play starts. And of course, the marvelous Saturday slate that we have in store. Yeah, no problem, Ben. And it's an exciting time of year for a lot of reasons. People are doing their holiday shopping. People are getting ready to watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. But most importantly, People are getting excited for the first night where it feels like Big East conference play is going to get going. I know St. John's has already played the Paul, but tonight we have a fantastic doubleheader. Xavier against Georgetown and obviously Creighton against Marquette. I'll say it again. Who needs the World Cup? I don't know, John. I do on Sunday to have a little appetizer for our NFL slate, but on Saturday... College hoops, first and foremost, and that's coming from me with college football bowl season starting today as well. So let's go to tonight in Milwaukee, a Big East opener for both Marquette and Creighton. And John, CU entered this year ranked in the top 25, a team that started mm -hmm. off a perfect 6-0 and and now has dropped five straight games. Marquette, a three-and-a-half-point home favorite for their Big East debut against the Creighton Blue Jays. What should we expect from both of these teams, John Rothstein, here in the Big East portion of their schedules? 
Well, Marquette, to me, in a lot of different ways, has totally molded its team in really the image of Shaka Smart, its head coach. This, to me, Ben, is really an augmented version of what Shaka Smart had really rolling at VCU when he was dominating the Atlantic 10 with guys like Travion Graham and Briante Weber about a decade ago. I expect Marquette, again, to be a perennial NCAA tournament team under Shaka Smart. Creighton is a team that looked like a Final Four caliber contender in the match. Maui Invitational, but since the Maui Invitational has regressed offensively in three games in Maui, the Jays shot just under 53% as a team from the field. In the game since, during this losing streak, Creighton is now in a situation where the Jays are shooting about 36 or 37%. That is obviously not something that's ideal for Greg McDermott's team. Certainly not, but Creighton's still the second best price to win the Big East title right now, John, as they get ready to embark on conference play. But the favorites, that would be UConn, plus 105 for Dan Hurley and the Huskies right now. The man known as the Carpenter has Connecticut playing some outstanding basketball. Now ranked third in the country, John Rothstein, a perfect 11-0 to start this year. Also 10-0-1 against the spread, so extremely profitable. John, as we look at the Big East title odds, does that Big East title run through stores Connecticut? It definitely runs through stores, Connecticut. And, you know, there's one thing that I want to talk about now on December the 16th that really, to me, is not an oversight, but it's a flat-out insult. We are not in a situation where we are looking at Andre Jackson with regularity as one of the best stories in college basketball because he's Connecticut's ninth leading scorer. But, Ben, on this day, Andre Jackson has been unequivocally the difference maker for UConn. This team is not operating with a traditional point guard. Dan Hurley has made him into a point forward in a Ben Simmons-type role, and he's absolutely thriving. Ben, in Andre Jackson's last four games, he has 22 assists and just one turnover. That is illegal in 48 states. John Rothstein, of course, working for CBS Sports. I expect a busy Saturday for you, John. Not far away from us here in Midtown Manhattan at the Mecca of all of basketball, Madison Square Garden, the CBS Sports Classic, and some great games on the docket. No lines out just yet for these individual matchups. That happens in college basketball, generally not available until about 18, 24 hours prior to tip. But, John, let's start with the first game up tomorrow at the Garden. It is North Carolina, the preseason number one team in the country, taking on Ohio State. These are all of these four teams, respective Final Four odds, where things stand right now on Friday, December 16th. But on Saturday, December 17th, John, it will be the Tar Heels in the Buckeyes. Ohio State is the only ranked side entering this matchup, John. What has not worked for North Carolina to start this year? Well, there's a couple of different things. I mean, the first is obviously that North Carolina doesn't have the spacing on offense that it had last season when it used Brady Manick as a stretch foreman. That's obviously one thing that's without question. Another thing, too, is this. You know, North Carolina is always North Carolina. But for this particular group, this is the time right now that they are going through things for the first time with monumental expectations. Anytime a team returns four starters from a team that won a national championship, there's going to be high expectations. But spending time with North Carolina's staff here in New York prior to the CBS Sports Classic, they've told me that, you know, they have to obviously find out what works right 
in terms of their front court and molding that area of their team together. But also, their players have to understand that what they did last year was great, but now they have to go do it again. They're not going to start the season again in the national championship game. John, as you see, Kentucky and UCLA, that will be the second matchup at MSG tomorrow. Both the Cats and the Bruins, plus 340 at the moment, tied with a group of teams for the third best price to reach the Final Four here in 2022-23. How do you break down this blue blood battle between Kentucky and UCLA? Well, to me, it's going to be a question of whether or not Adem Bona, UCLA's talented freshman center, can hold his own against Oscar Shibway. Oscar Shibway, the reigning national player of the year. Adem Bona had real moments of promise against Maryland on Wednesday night in College Park. His best, I think, performance against the Power Conference team, 14 points and seven rebounds. But that performance and that production was not in the guts of a game that was highly contested. UCLA had that game, obviously, in hand almost right after the opening tip. So UCLA, to be a team that has a chance to go deep into the NCAA tournament, is going to need production from the five spot. Adem Bona does not have to be an All-American, but he has to be able to be a consistent 8-8 eight and eight guy for UCLA. I think Adem Bona and Kenny Nawuba, you know, their backup five men are going to play really big roles against Oscar Shibwe. The Bruins ranked 16th in the country. Kentucky is number 13, one of five ranked versus ranked matchups that we have a part of this glorious Saturday slate. Kentucky, yes. the favorite out of the SEC, where things stand right now. John, UCLA, the favorite in the Pac-12. The two teams with the second best prices, a top 10 tilt in Tucson tomorrow night, starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. It's number nine, Arizona. There is that second best number to win the Pac-12, hosting number six, Tennessee, the second best odds to win the SEC title in 2022-23. John, late night tip, 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. What is a key matchup that you'll be paying attention to? Well, I think, you know, you have a team that's unbelievable offensively in Arizona, as always under Tommy Lloyd, against a team against in Tennessee that is just incredible on the defensive end. You know, I talked to Tommy Lloyd yesterday, Ben, and, you know, he told me in preparing for Tennessee, he noticed that Tennessee has been dominating its opponents with the exception of Colorado, and they're shooting 40% from the field. And I said, why do you think they're being so dominant and having this type of margin of victory? He goes, because, John, they're giving up only 32% on the other side. So Tennessee is a dominant team defensively. Arizona, obviously, is incredible under Tommy Lloyd at getting easy baskets. Some news, though, Ben, as well. Kirk Creasa, mm -hmm. who left... The game that Arizona last played against Texas A&M, Corpus Christi with an illness, Tommy Lloyd tell, told me, will play on Saturday. So Arizona will have its starting point guard ready for this game in Tucson. Huge for the Wildcats, the orchestrator of that offense in Kerr Creesa. A huge day, John, as we mentioned. That is two of five ranked versus ranked matchups. Here's the best one, maybe at least on paper. A top five tilt in Charlottesville, number two, Virginia, number five, Houston. You mentioned Tennessee, the most efficient defense in the country, according to Kenneth Pomeroy. Houston has that number two defense. Will we see defense on display between the Cougs and the Wahoos, known for their pack line defense under Tony Bennett? The first of 50 is going to win this game, Ben. But, you know, when you look big picture at this game from 30,000 feet, this game means significantly more to Houston than it does to Virginia. Why is that? Houston, just like Virginia, 
obviously is endeavoring to be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. The best wins so far for Houston are at Oregon and on a neutral site against St. Mary's. Virginia is going to have more opportunities in the ACC, and Virginia already has a win at Michigan and has neutral site triumphs on its resume against Baylor and Illinois. Houston does not have that same plethora of opportunities. For Houston, again, to really move the needle before conference play, they have to go to Virginia and get a victory. Quickly here, John. Alabama-Gonzaga, a huge showdown in Birmingham. Who gets the win? All eyes on Julian Strother. When he scores 15 or more points in the last three years, Gonzaga is 16-1. and one. So much to get to. Indiana and Kansas in the fog at Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence. What a Saturday it's going to be. John Rossi, thank you so much. More TMA up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Some final football Friday thoughts to share with you here as we round out this show on a Friday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159. It's the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the SpizGrizz network. That SpizGrizz network is a place you can find our next guest, of course, who is always here to round out our football Fridays. It is Joe P. Sapia. You will look at Joe P. in just a couple of moments. And on him, you will see... A jersey from the movie The Replacements, where Keanu Reeves plays a quarterback by the name of Shane Falco, who fills in as a star quarterback. Apropos, Joe P., for what we have seen all season long and with a bit of breaking news on this football Friday morning as well. Yes, and uh, in honor of Shane Falco, the greatest replacement quarterback in the history of the NFL, we've also broken a record this year for most quarterbacks starting in a single season and not a strike season mind you like the year shane falco had to play no 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 in an actual regular nfl season so the quarterback carousel continues to churn and spin in circles brock purdy got it done last night with george kittle we know that but as you alluded to more quarterback changes happening so go ahead break the news baby this is your show here was the breaking news that we just received from espn's adam schefter a quarterback that was replaced now has to replace his replacement, follow me there, for the New York Jets. Zach White is, Zach White, excuse me. Zach Wilson that's is now they, expected that's to get, had a baby, see, it would be Zach just White. Them yeah. together with some of the nicest mm-hmm. fades you've ever seen in the state of New Jersey. Zach Wilson is slated to get the start now on Sunday for the Jets at home against the Lions because Mike White was not cleared by the Jets medical staff. Of course, he took shots to the midsection last week against the Buffalo Bills. He had to exit the game twice. He has not been cleared medically. So Zach Wilson, who was replaced, now replaces Mike White. Zach Wilson, Joe Pisapia, gets the start. We have seen two line flips already in this game in the last 24 hours. The Lions were a slight favorite. Then on this football Friday morning, the Jets were laying the number, booked as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. The odds briefly locked, and now they're back up. Detroit Joe P, a slight road favorite, a one-point favorite in MetLife on Sunday. What does Zach Wilson, now back into the offensive fold for the Jets, do to this football game? Well, to me, it totally flips uh, even more, potentially, as more people start to think about this. 
towards the Detroit Lions. Now, Jared Goff is an indoor cat. I've been saying that all week on my show. He doesn't like the outside. He likes to stay inside where it's nice and warm. You can put him in a little bed with a little blankie. Okay. But still, as good as the Jets defense is, we've seen enough Zach Wilson, haven't we? I know I've seen enough Zach Wilson, and that's enough to last me a lifetime. I could tell you that much. And I'm looking at, you know, what's going on here, the changes in, uh, from a fantasy perspective. All of us who loved Elijah Moore this week, potentially, well, that's gone. You can light that on fire. So you wasted waiver wire pickups. He was the waiver wire pickup of the week, especially with the Corey Davis injury. We thought, oh, 10 targets last week. We're going in the right direction. This is somebody in deeper leagues you could play. Nope, not anymore because Zach Wilson's here to ruin everything. Oh, yeah, you like Garrett Wilson, how he's been the last three weeks? Yeah, top 10 wide receiver in the NFL and fantasy. That's been great. Guess what? That's dead now, too. Look, the Detroit Lions are terrible on the defensive side in terms of giving up passing yards. But at the same time, Zach Wilson showing you they are not throwing the football with him. So unless something yeah. drastically changes, and it might, all of a sudden you're in a bad spot. You're kind of in a rock and a hard place here where this is for your fantasy playoffs. And you can't just go start running these guys out there with any confidence now because Zach Wilson's shown you nothing to make you confident so far this year, last year, yeah. or any year in the NFL level. So despite the matchup, all of a sudden now this is uh, throwing a huge wrench into plants and also for Zonovan Knight too. Let's not forget about him too, because if you can't move the chains, you can't get down to the goal line area. You can't get that touchdown equity that you want in a running back. So this has enormous ramifications, not just in the wagering market and the fantasy market, but all yeah. across everything here in the NFL. And in the playoff race as well for both New York and Detroit, both teams right now on the outside looking in, but st still very much in the chase for a wild card spot in the NFC in the AFC, the New York Jets looking for that spot in the AFC, the Detroit Lions in the NFC, the New York Giants and the Washington Commanders currently hold on to those final two NFC wildcard spots at this moment, and they will face off against one another on Sunday night in Landover, Maryland. The Commanders, a favorite at home, laying four and a half points against the New York Giants. With so much at stake in this individual football matchup, Joe Pisapia, how does that affect your handicap for what we will see on the actual gridiron? Now, in-division games are always tricky, especially this time of year, especially when teams are coming off playing each other in such a short span of time, too. Nothing's really changed so much. Uh, the, you know, the Giants have had some injuries that they've had to deal with. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Washington Commanders, if you look at the last time they played, a lot of those stats that you saw from Taylor Haneke were in the overtime when he was starting to open up things and sling the ball around. So it's really hard to get a gauge on this game. This is, I think, one of the bigger trap games. I think there's a lot to like in terms of some overs this week. I think there's a lot to like mm. in terms of some profits you can make and some individuals. This is a game in particular that's really tough. Uh, I think the one thing you go back to and take out of this game is Saquon Barkley had five catches in this game last time, and that's something you're probably going to see again, where you're going to be looking for him to get on the outside, look at him if the number is four, four and a half somewhere in that potential. You want to go over, I think, in that receiving yard prop because I think that's what you're looking for out of the Giants offense. You want to get Barkley out in space again. You don't want to run him into this front. The Washington front against the run has been really good in the last six weeks. They've shut down some major RBs. And look, at this point, maybe we're getting a fatigue factor. I know the next has been an issue for Saquon Barkley. But, you know, I think the Giants, is, as fun as they were to start the season, I think we all realized that yeah. it was probably a bit of a fallacy and something we were saying, oh, it's a good story. But is this something you really maintain? I think the answer was no, and we're finding that out. And the Commanders, you know... <laughs> For their lack of talent they have, they they play defense and they run the football. And if you're going to get Brian Robinson carrying the ball 18 to 20 times again, 
I think that's the kind of grinding game that Washington wants to yeah. play. So if anything, maybe you're looking for the under here. These teams are very evenly matched. They proved that last time, which is where they went to overtime and ended up in a tie anyway. But I think at the very least, you're looking for that individual Saquon stuff. Uh, you're looking for some Terry McLaurin overs potentially. And then you're looking for Brian Robinson uh, as well to be a focal point here, especially off the bye. Give the young rookie a little bit of a respite. I think that's a good thing for him potentially coming into this game. The literal definition of evenly matched. A 2020 tie, the last time these two teams met just two weeks ago in MetLife. Now the Commanders off a bye. They play their second consecutive game against the same team in the New York Giants. And both of those two teams have the same record. 7-5-1 straight up this year. The Commanders in the sixth spot in the NFC wildcard race. The Giants in that seven spot. Washington a minus 188 favorite to make the postseason. The Giants have a plus money number for their playoff odds at this moment and entering week 15 Joe P all four NFC East teams would be in the postseason the Eagles as the divisional champs and the Dallas Cowboys seem to have a stronghold on that top wild card spot in the NFC but Dallas was tested last week at home as a 17 and a half point favorite against the Houston Texans they escape with a victory to get their 10th win of the season now Dallas heads to Duval in a matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The boys booked as a four-point road favorite. Jacksonville coming off a huge win, Joe P, to keep any hope alive for them in the AFC South last week against Tennessee. So knowing where these two teams are entering this final month of the regular season, what's the approach to this matchup in Jacksonville? I think the key word you used there was escape. I think that's exactly right. They escaped with a victory, and they should have absolutely blown the doors off the Houston Texans. So... Cowboys defense dealing with some injuries, especially in the secondary, and Trayvon Diggs hasn't been 100% healthy. And they're running up against the Jaguars, I think, at the worst time, where the Jaguars and, and Trevor Lawrence especially has been playing his best football that we've seen so far. We're starting to see him get it. I think people forget how young Trevor Lawrence is and how bad last year's situation was. And now we're starting to see the generational talent that we all saw in college win national championships, you know, that kind of thing, your yep. freshman year, that kind of stuff. But we're seeing how special Trevor Lawrence is. Zay Jones is working. Christian Kirk in the slot this week, I love, especially if Diggs is going to be the guy that matches up with Zay Jones. I think you want to go for Christian Kirk props and go there. ATN is really the enigma. He has not played well in these last few weeks. I know last week's matchup against the Tennessee Titans is one of the worst you could possibly ask for, and that's put a lot of uncertainty in the market with Travis ATN. Makes him a fascinating tournament play in DFS if he should go off and have multiple touchdowns. Makes him a fascinating play this week in the fantasy playoffs, but it's a tough investment, whether it be financially in the wagering market or whether it be uh, an investment you're making him in fantasy. I think you're looking for some other options that might be safer, but now you're losing some of those options potentially like the Zonovan Knights of the world. Now, all of a sudden they become far less appealing. I think Jacksonville can hang in this game. I really do. And if you're looking for an upset yeah. this week, I think this is one to kind of circle on the board because um, the Cowboys and Dak Prescott hasn't played all that well. The defense kind of limping around a little bit. If you're catching two teams going in different directions right now in terms of feel when you watch them play, the Cowboys kind of are in a weird place, and the Jaguars have been playing their best football, and defensively too. I think you're watching some of the the better uh, Jacksonville Jaguars performances here of late. So uh, to me, yeah. I think the Jags are really dangerous right now. I would like the Jag side of this game. I'd take the Jag side of the points here. It's not shocking to see if they win outright, but I would at least go on the Jaguar side of these points because I think it's going to be a lot closer than people realize. What a Jacksonville upset would do to the divisional standings in the AFC South, and certainly those odds would be something 
to follow because right now the Tennessee Titans still hold a two-game lead in the division at a minus 550 price as a heavy odds on favorite to win the AFC South but Jacksonville throwing a small wrinkle into that last week could be a huge wrinkle with an upset Tennessee also needs an upset on the road in Los Angeles against those Chargers the Bolts right now Joe P a three-point home favorite what do you expect this game to look like with huge playoff implications on both sides. Well, I expect Derrick Henry, who finally got back over the century mark for the first time in weeks, to do the same in this game. He's got touchdown equity. I think he's a very good investment. But the Titans overall are a very dangerous one. Traylon Burke's going to be out. I know Aconquo has been really good here on the tight end spot. He's been very efficient. Mm -hmm. That's great. But when Herbert has a full complement of weapons, it's such a different chargers offense i mean let's be honest when you have mike williams and keenan allen on the field at the same time and justin herbert does not get enough credit how good he is how much he's kind of held this thing together here and you're not going to run on the tennessee titans but you need to throw a ton so every over you can find on herbert on keenan allen on all these guys you're going in you're receiving uh props for austin eckler those are all the things you want to target here you're not looking for the rushing equity of eckler in this game it's not something you're looking for you're looking for all the receiving from everybody because that's how you attack the Tennessee Titans. And they've had a lot of injuries here. The Tennessee Titans also feel like a team that's been beaten up these last few weeks. They've been in some close games. They have not won them. And that's something the Titans are used to doing. And we start losing those close games. I think mentally it takes a little toll on you. And I think the Chargers are finally saying to themselves, okay, we're healthy now. This is who we really are. I think they're going to be super chalky in DFS this weekend. I don't think it's the wrong thing. I think it's the good chalk. I think you want pieces of it. And should Tennessee lose again here and the Jaguars win, this narrative down the stretch is going to be fascinating because the Jaguars, yeah. I told you, they're on an upward trajectory. And the Tennessee Titans, with all the injuries they've had, the Traylon Burks uncertainty too, their inability when they get behind. We saw it in the Eagles game a couple weeks ago. If they fall behind early, they can't play catch up. They don't have that kind of offense. And you couple that with all the injuries and the health issues have had. That's a big question mark. So I like the Chargers in this game quite a bit, especially if they get up early. I think they keep their foot on the gas as well. The Bolts battling for that last wild card spot in the AFC, currently held by the New England Patriots. Joe P on the road in Las Vegas. It is a virtual pick'em. Minus one ten Raiders. Minus one oh six Patriots. If it be with it being a pick'em, pick the game. Who wins? I'm picking the Patriots. I'm going to take Bill Belichick over Josh McDaniels at the end of the day. That's what you do. Hey, a reunion in Las Vegas. Joe P, sensational stuff. We round out the show next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. After on SportsGrid and our week together here on TMA. I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend ahead. A ton of football. Because on this Football Friday on Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Spiz Grizz Network, it's a Football Friday in three ways for the final time. The NFL, a huge weekend slate. Three games on Saturday. And your full Sunday slate as well. Now in the final month of the regular season. College football bowl season. Starts in the Bahamas in just about a half an hour. There is no Dwayne McBride prop for UAB against Miami of Ohio. He might be sitting out if in the next 30 minutes they post a number on the Blazers. Backup running back Jermaine Brown Jr. Take the over and thank me later. And then, of course, on Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern time here in the States, 
the World Cup Final, a heavyweight showdown with huge storylines across the board. Lionel Messi in his final World Cup with Argentina, hoping to hoist a championship trophy against the reigning champs in France, looking to go back-to-back for the first time in World Cup history since 1958-1962 when Brazil pulled off that feat. So tons to get to over this weekend, but we finish as we always do with an NFL best bet before we say farewell. And before we say goodbye, it's time for Bye Bye Bye. John James back in the fold. That's what he yelled at Draymond Green last year during the NBA Finals inside TD Garden. But that's basketball. This is a football Friday. I'll make this very simple. Colt McCoy now will be the starter for the Arizona Cardinals the rest of the way as Kyler Murray is out for the remainder of the season with that torn ACL. The Cardinals are on the road in Denver as a three-point underdog, somehow, someway, against the Broncos. First off, Denver should not be a favorite against any team in the National Football League. Russell Wilson might not even play in this game, still in concussion protocol. He has been limited at practice. Colt McCoy has made five starts in the last two years. The Cardinals are 3-2 and two straight up in those games. All three victories as an outright underdog. Boom. That's it. That's done. A football Friday is now over on the morning after. We'll see you on Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern time. I'm Ben Stevens. Have a wonderful week.